Yes, we're recording. Cat <laughs> is nervous. I'm nervous. Now ask me what? Why is Cat you know nervous? <laughs> because we decided to change it up on everyone. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! It's time for our first. We're totally stealing this from Madala. We are. It's a reverse damsel episode. Yes. Yay! Now, what does that mean? It means that instead of Rachel slaving away and <laughs> researching till the cows come home and then telling us a story, it uh, fell to me. Some technical difficulties. I'm gonna come out and say it. <laughs> yeah, um, we've recorded like 30 minutes of this episode already, and it didn't record, so that was fun. Well, no, it, it like partially recorded. It cut off and then didn't give us a warning, so that's been fun. Welcome to the world of podcasting. Yeah, where you have great content, <laughs> but only you get to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to hear it. It's no. <laughs> I mean, we got to hear it originally, but it's it's rare. Now. Oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. Um. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try this again. <laughs> so I think uh, when it cut off, we were talking about how we were gonna do a reverse damsel. Yes. Yeah, so Cat is a uh, Cat's <laughs> going to tell the story, and I'm again. going to react again. <laughs> we'll try to make oh, make man. it sound like it's the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was fun because Rachel obviously does all the research and puts everything together and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I I honestly I think you asked me what like a couple before Cleopatra right yes yeah she asked before Cleopatra if I was ready to do, do Grace O'Malley and I was like um no back when Cleopatra was supposed to be three episodes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was just like I don't think I am so that's why we had the the what, what did we end up calling it the like little it was like a conversational episode. Yeah, our, our relaxed episode and then yeah. um, about our favorite fictional characters. Yeah. It's a good episode. Go listen. It is a great episode and we will do more of those because we actually had a lot of fun doing them. We did. We had a lot of good feedback too. Yeah. People enjoyed it. Yeah. But uh, so I promised her that I would do it after Cleopatra and I got an extra break because it was four episodes. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way that I can come back to her and be like, just kidding. I'm not ready. <laughs> and I never, ever, ever like thought that, that you didn't put that like a ton of work and blood, sweat and tears into this. And I, I knew how much you did. You no, know, but, but until you actually do it for yourself, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Like <laughs> I, I thought I knew, but oh my God, like I, for a couple months had been putting, you know, just pulling information and, you know, jotting stuff down that it was pretty cool. And it's and like, then it's like doing a book report. It is. It's like being yeah. back in school and doing homework. And I personally hated homework. And I'm but. a nerd and I could kick out a paper like it's nothing. Yeah. So I can kick out a paper <laughs> on like, like from my head. Like yeah. Not researching. Like I'm really good at researching. Hopefully that's my job. But <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I... Just I had a bunch of notes put together in like a little file folder, and we joked yep. that it was my organized chaos. I posted something on, on our social media. She's an Aries with a Taurus moon, yes. which just means <laughs> she seems chaotic, but she's secretly kind of grounded. I secretly got some of the shit together, not all of it, but some <laughs> of it. 
little little Izzy was helping me with research. It was pretty cute. But uh, so yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I've got everything. You know, real quick on real Saturday. Quick. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> haha, jokes on me. I'll put all this stuff together, and you know, I'll have the episode done. Fucking like all day, like twelve hours. Legit twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Cat texted me at one in the morning. Um, and normally I, I don't allow people to text me super late. It's kind of a thing. Except for me because I'm the best friend and none of the rules count to me. The best friend <laughs> and the fiance and the sister according to Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mom. Also my mom. And the mom. But that's not according to Facebook. That's according to when you do mom things for me. <laughs> <laughs> we both do mom things for each yeah, other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. She <laughs> kicked it all out. And it yeah. was. But well, yeah. That's... I just I can't. I can't do things like that in increments it's either yeah. it's either i'm hitting a home run or i'm leaving the field yeah like I'm, i don't i don't do half things i can't do it <laughs> because if i had started it i would have come back an entirely different person because i'm a different person from monday to friday so yeah whereas <laughs> i block it out in increments yeah yeah usually like four to five hour increments now i know that i have to block out a whole fucking day you basically had to block out the whole weekend too because yeah. you ended up editing the next day that's the true. cleopatra episode yeah Oh yeah, I did. Because you, you I were, was on a roll. I was like were. in it to win it. And I was like, I'm gonna edit this right now because you guys you were super motivated. In all fairness, I don't edit I have two weeks to edit the episode or like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. I wait until the Tuesday before. <laughs> and then I'm like, I mean, Rachel, it's ten o'clock. <laughs> How's the episode sound? Yeah. It's <laughs> always fun. I always know Tuesday nights I'm usually up late. Not this past Tuesday. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I mean, I'll try, but let's be honest, it's me. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to wait until the very fucking end. Well, anyway, you are listening to yeah. Difficult Damsels. We said this before. so it was, We did. We forgot we said it and then recorded it. This is a history podcast about amazing women from history you've probably never heard of, yeah. and we're looking to change that. Yeah. I'm Rachel. I'm Kat. I wonder if, because it's like, you know how the... the the saying, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it actually make a sound? It's like our recording. I mean, it made a sound and we remember it. <laughs> it made a sound just to us. Yeah. <laughs> we were the only one to hear it. So our episode today um, is on a difficult damsel that I found whilst, whilst, <laughs> whilst scrolling through Facebook. Um, I was just doing my normal zombie zombieing on Facebook, and I came across an article um, from a Facebook page called Ancient Origins, which I actually am now following because it's really cool oh, stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, but the title of the article was Grace O'Malley, the 16th century pirate queen of Ireland. Hell yeah. Yeah. So obviously, if you're like me, your ears perked up and you clicked that link because pirate queen of Ireland, come fuck on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I also tagged you in it. And I was like, Rachel, look at this. And I was so like, exciting. I will add her to the list. Yeah, yeah. Rachel's like, oh yeah, I'll add her to the list. You know, she'll be she'll be down there, and I'll, I'll I'll make sure I research it. And then I fell down the rabbit hole of Pirate Queen of Ireland. Yeah, and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then I texted you and was like, just kidding, she's mine. <laughs> yeah. All right. So today's difficult damsel goes by many names depending on the source material. Because she's freaking Irish. Oh, yeah. It's not even her Irishness that's the reason. It's the fucking English, which Some we'll get of it to. is the Gaelic. It is. It is very true. <laughs> so in Irish folklore, she's commonly referred to as Granueo, pirate queen of Conyucht. 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 That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Gaelic names. 
of yes, this. Yes, so yeah. bear with us. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> uh, contemporary English documents have a plethora slash veritable smorgasbord of renditions of her name. I had to. This is the only instance in my life that I was able to use that phrase, and I'm really happy that I got to. Um, my favorite rendition of her name is Granny O'Malley. Granny or O'Malley. O'Malley. It's not even O'Malley. It's O'Malley. O'Malley. I just, I love her name. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like her actual Gaelic name. So her true Irish name is Grania ni Malia. Grania. Grania. I love that. I know. I, I, I'm never having kids, but if I ever have kids, I'm naming one of them Sersha, and I'm pretty sure Grania just took the place of the second name I had on the list. Well, shoot. I guess Agrippina's middle name is going to have to be <laughs> Grania in that time. Agrip- Agrippina Grania. I like that. That's pretty. She's going to hate me. She's going to hate you. Beautiful. She's never going to get a keychain, goddammit. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> no keychain for you, Grania. <laughs> Fucking Grania. <laughs> oh, man. I'm probably putting a lot of emphasis on the syllable, emphasis? but it's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, this name, Grania Nimalia, was later anglicized as Grace O'Malley, which is how she is widely known in history. So, fun story. I'm going to use all three of those names, except for Granny. I'm not using Granny because fuck that. <laughs> Um, so basically, what's wrong with Granny? It's awful, and I hate it. It's not a name. It is who your mom's mom is. <laughs> Just your mom's mom, not your dad's mom. Um, so basically, her early life, I'm gonna refer to her as Granya, okay. and then her life as pirate queen, she's gonna be Granuel, and then her life, um, that's very prominently involved with the England, is going to be Grace. Okay, I I wanted to use. All three names and at first i had them all throughout as like one second she was grace the other second she was Ganya, the other one she was granuel and then i was like you gotta calm down <laughs> so yeah and I, I figure since she fought for her rights as an irish clansman uh it would be terribly rude if i just called her grace yeah agreed so yeah also fair mother effing warning there are a shite ton of mac this is and oh that's throughout the story <laughs> so bear with me as i butcher them because uh i'm not going to uh not going to say the Irish names. I am going to say the Anglicized. The Anglicized. Because they're names. easier. Yeah, they're easier. And <laughs> yeah, I won't get tongue tied. Because we are not like, we are of Irish descent, but we are not Irish. Yeah, I tried learning Gaelic like real freaking hard for like a week. And then I was like, this, That's this is dumb. More than I've I know Bon is woman <laughs> slash girl. Cool. Slash maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But who is Grania Nimalia? Irish historian and novelist Anne Chambers, the leading authority on everything Grace O'Malley, described Grania in her 2006 biography titled Grace O'Malley as a fearless leader by land and by sea, a political pragmatist and politician, a ruthless plunderer, a mercenary, a rebel, a shrewd and able negotiator, the protective matriarch of her family and tribe, a genuine inheritor of the mother goddess and warrior queen attributes of her remote ancestors. Above all else, she emerges as a woman who broke the mold and thereby played a unique role in history. I love the idea of her inheriting the mother goddess. I know. Isn't it great? But all but in general, she just sounds like the type of woman you'd love to kick back and have a beer with. Honestly. Like she would have yes. amazing <laughs> stories. Oh yeah. And she does. Amazing stories. <laughs> Grania was vilified by her English adversaries as a woman who hath imprudently passed the part of woman. How dare she How do How fucking things. dare you wear pants, bitch? <laughs> that were masculine and not in the feminine domain, as all of our difficult damsels get accused of. Yeah, I mean, accuse away. I'd rather be accused of that than... I mean, I'm sure 
I mean, at this point, we're wearing pants. <laughs> yes, and, true. Yeah, true. we're independent. <laughs> How dare we? We don't need men to buy us things. No. I mean, you can. You can, though, you like, if you really want to. But <laughs> you're going to buy me a bookstore and... <laughs> the whole store. You're going to buy me a sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten extra points if you actually craft it yourself. <gasps> Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Marry him if he crafts you a sword. Right? That could be a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> What's the I don't know why I'm 14. Let's move on. <laughs> she was a dangerous woman, strongly independent and determined, victim to misogynistic laws and trivial men who could not be rid of her in life, so they found a way to eradicate her from Irish history. That is bullshit. Mm-hmm. As Anne Chamber puts it, Grace O'Malley was airbrushed out of history. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry your fucking English pride has Well, men can't hurt. handle it when women do things better than them. This is true. So. Yeah. As we pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. as the Romans would do, they would literally, like, wipe your name from history. Yeah. Destroy all your statues and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's called throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> Grania is not mentioned in the Irish annals of the Four Masters, compiled a few short years after her death. And the O'Malley family book, a collection of eulogistic bardic poetry and similar materials kept by aristocratic 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 Gaelic households of the period, had not survived. Isn't that word bullshit? Aristocratic? Yeah. Yeah. I if yeah, I don't look understand. at it, I can do it. But when I'm reading it, I'm like, I've I struggle <laughs> with that word, and I always include it in everything because yeah. a lot of them are aristocrats. Yeah. But I'm just like, why is this so hard? No, I can say it like if I'm not looking aristocratic. Yeah. There we go. I'm here. But I try to read it. I'm just like, you add extra syllables because there are. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that knows the struggle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that and theological. I don't know why, but yeah. I always struggle with that one yeah. too. That one's an Achilles heel for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. There are no contemporary images of Grace O'Malley, and most of what we know of the life and deeds of O'Malley comes from English sources and state records, which Anne Chambers used to piece the legendary pirate queen's history back together. Now, so in other words, everything we know of her comes from her enemies. Yes. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm sure it's, you know, totally great and yeah, yeah, sheds totally a positive true light and, on yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just a quick side note. Um, Anne Chambers is basically, she's an Irish biographer who basically put Grace O'Malley back on the map and, like, was like, nah, this girl's real. <laughs> yeah, I totally didn't know that. Yeah. You totally didn't tell me that earlier. Yes, I did! <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, you are that's, joking. Yeah. Because <laughs> that recording is lost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool um, that she was basically like us and was like, wow, this person sounds amazing and I'd like to piece her life together. Yeah. And now we know what we know. And she did it through, like, fine-tooth comb, going through English papers and that sounds going... Awful. Yeah, it's like yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, there's a picture I'll show you just for fun. There's a picture on... of, of No. That's what she read. No. I can't even read that I'm shit. not okay with that. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> it's basically just, like, old-school, like calligraphy like it's off like it's feather pen Get writing out. yeah Stop i'm it. like i can't read that <laughs> but yeah basically everything grace o'malley and chambers is like the go-to person i did not buy her book because it was 30 dollars yeah for a paperback but i did use her website i'm sure it's an import from england mm-hmm. or ireland yeah or probably yeah but yeah. More expensive. <laughs> yeah sorry jeffrey bezos you're not getting our money for that <laughs> your penis rocket shit 
<laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Through her exploits, Grace quickly became the symbol of Irish freedom and independence from the ever-encroaching English crown. During this period, Ireland was made up of feuding clans that ruled enjoying, and I quote from Historical Ireland magazine, <laughs> traditional pastimes such as stealing cattle, poaching castles, feuding, intermarrying, and vying for domination. You don't steal your neighbor. Those your are my cattle. traditional pastimes for sure. I, I feud fucking poach castles. Poaching castles. Like you don't feud with I, your neighbors. I don't even I just want to poach castles. You don't <laughs> steal a cow and go poach a castle. And Grace totally stole cattle, which is fun. <laughs> I wonder what that involves. I don't think I actually <laughs> included that. Like I know, but you guys will never know. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember, it's if I remember the part, I'll tell you guys all about it. <laughs> all right, semi-autonomous Irish clans under an Irish system of clientship, where weaker families align themselves to more powerful clans through tributes, marriage, military aid, and fosterage, were left mostly to their own devices under the English government at the time, aka the Tudor tyranny, which I'm going to refer to it as the Tudor tyranny from now on. It was just the Tudors trying to extend their goodwill yeah, to their neighbors. I don't, I don't think it was that. I yeah, think it was I think their so. assholes. I think Elizabeth like, just deeply cared about <laughs> the Irish people and wanted to bring them into her loving arms. Sure, Jan. <laughs> I'm sure it was had nothing to do with the fact that Ireland was right in the middle of the uh, English and then French and Spanish debacles. Oh, no. <laughs> sure, it had it nothing to do nothing with to Queen do Elizabeth with was like, they might land there and they might become allies with the people who hate us there. <laughs> yeah, she had to deal with the Scots too because oh, it's yeah. the same thing with Mary. Yeah. Yeah. But over the course of Grace's life, the English conquest of Ireland gathered speed under the reigns of Henry VIII and then later under, as we just discussed, Elizabeth. The My first. girl. Her girl. <laughs> we will do it one day. And yes. Elizabeth will be like Cleopatra and it'll be several episodes. Yes. So I've, been, I've been putting that off. I love it. <laughs> I almost wanted to do this one in and around the time that you did Elizabeth, Elizabeth the first, but you're yeah. like, that's not going to be until later. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> England had been vying to anglicize Ireland by replacing Gaelic law and culture with English laws and customs, but Irish tenacity and the Gaelic way of life continued to persevere and fight back. Yeah, the Irish are stubborn as fuck. Yes, we are. <laughs> Ask them today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. We are, we are very stubborn. Well, I mean, it, it literally just comes down to wanting to preserve your culture. Yeah. 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 So Henry VIII was the first English ruler to claim himself the King of Ireland. That son of a bitch. Thank you, this bitch, exactly. <laughs> Which heralded the beginning of the Tudor conquest gathering speed. Processes like surrender and regrant were enacted. It's basically where you give your land to the English and they give it back under English law so they can tax the, the shit English out of you. The English are so generous. They, they were like, you're going to give us our land, but we're going to give it back to yeah. you. I'm surprised they gave it back honestly. I'm right. surprised they're not like they could have just as easily I know they did this in the past where they would take the land and then just install basically a, an English governor. Yeah that's basically what they did in Ireland. Oh yeah, yeah. well yeah <laughs> yeah that's what they do it's now. Great. It's great. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth whose crown was being threatened by the Spanish utilized the feuding clans to her advantage outlawing the system of electing chieftains by traditional Irish law and intentionally inserting chieftains 
loyal to English law, effectively replacing the old Gaelic chieftains who resisted English invasion. They also had English citizens like move to yeah. Ireland and like take over and I'm replace gonna, the, the, the Irish clansmen that didn't want them. I'm going to interject here with just a little bit of history. Um, Elizabeth's crown wasn't just threatened by the Spanish. It was threatened by Queen Mary. It was threatened by a number of Catholic men who did not want a Protestant woman on the throne. So her entire tenure is dealing with literally everyone trying to usurp the throne from her. And even the English nobility, because Henry VIII had named her a bastard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Elizabeth is very interesting. But the equally interesting thing is a lot of her adversaries, even if they aren't necessarily leading the assault against her they're women yeah yeah so yeah very interesting time period <laughs> no woman had it easy at this time no no, no woman with power had it easy <laughs> no so no. our grace ha- would have none of this english bullshit she was rightful chieftain of her clan by gaelic law eventually spoiler alert either. which is i still find it interesting that um women can't be chieftains yeah so it's it's like a weird she can but she can't i mean You'll find out in, yeah. later in the story. She kind of just was like, "This mine. Um, <laughs> but, Fight me. but yeah, Irish, the Irish laws at the time were like a weird mix of like misogyny because you have to have misogyny and misogynistic laws. You can't just like do away with those. But Called it was the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. But there was also like, they like, what did I call it? Freedom sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. They like sprinkled little like laws here and there where you could keep this and you could do that and like oh, so women had stuff and some inheritance rights yeah but it was still limited basically. yeah very okay. yeah because you still, still have you still have yep <laughs> so grace raised armies and led rebellions against the invading english pestilence becoming legend enough that letters were sent to the english government describing her as the nurse to all rebellions for 40 years Nice. I want that <laughs> moniker at the end of my name. <laughs> add it to the long list. Yeah, yeah, add it to the long list of shit we want. <laughs> Little is known about Grania's early life, and it's hard to tell fact from legend. Um, I'll kind of give like a, like a, we're not sure. Spoiler. Like, it's all spoiler, real. But like, yeah, it's if, all true. You're right. <laughs> you're hearing it from us. You'll know. We, yeah. No different. And we heard it from the website. So it's the fine. The internet doesn't lie. The internets and the interwebs do not lie. The Googles is so our friend. <laughs> basically take, take this with a grain of salt, but yeah, we're going to say it's real. Yeah. That's literally all of history though. Yeah, true. So this is true. Take it all with a grain of salt. This is very true. <laughs> but this is real. But this is all real guys. <laughs> our grain of salt is bigger than yours. <laughs> So she, it's because she was mystified in folklore for so long that yeah. it's like some things are just like, like us, like we want to keep that because it sounds cool. Yeah. Like I want that story to be well, real. It's like so. playing telephone too. Like, yes, the story gets told over and over verbally and eventually some things are going to change. So. Yeah. Cause I would change everything. I'd be like, really? <laughs> there are no men in this There story. are no men in any of these stories. Well, how did women have babies? It's fucking stories. They- Cloned storks themselves. I love how you say clones and I say storks. <laughs> Was it storks that gave you babies? Yeah. 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 Uh, isn't that where babies come from? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. We're not having that <laughs> conversation today, Rachel. <laughs> Born at Belclair Castle near Westport into a great seafaring clan around 1530. Uh, she, if you look at our beautiful pictures, 
She was born in and around here. The Mayo region. Yes, on the west side of Ireland. Yes. (laughs) She was born to wealthy nobleman and sea trader Dabdara Blackbolk Owalia. Some sources have Owen as his first name, and Owen is spelled E-O-G-H-A-N. No, I don't like it. You're fucking damn right. There's a, there's a W in there now. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things in there that should not be in there. And then, yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, and then her mother, weirdly enough, no one can agree on her name. It's either Maeve or Margaret, depending on yeah, the Yeah, because again, made. women weren't as important, so... Yeah. Who cares about recording a name? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So his, I think we talked about this earlier, but I want to talk about it again. You guys didn't hear it. We heard it. Um, his last name is Omwalia, and her last name is Nimalia. Yeah, because the Ni is a, it's a feminine thing to basically say. Like, I, I'm pretty sure Yeah. when um, you get a new, when you marry mm-hmm. and you get somebody else's name, the women would also, would often be like Ni, Omalia, or whatever. All right, all right. I, like it. I believe that's the case. If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself I mean, hey, you knew more than me, so. <laughs> the O'Malley clan existed as an independent clan, paying and receiving tribute, and controlled the southern shore of Clue Bay County, Mayo, and most of the barony of Murisk for nearly 300 years, commanding the largest fleet of ships in the business of shipping and trading in Ireland. Um, basically, the seafaring business, the business of shipping and trading, um, was not common okay. in Ireland, in that area, um, from what I understand. Um, so basically there were two families that had like the, the monopoly on it, and it was the O'Flatteries and the O'Malley's. So I wonder if having this large fleet is going to come in handy later. Oh, 100% it won't. <laughs> oh, she just gets ships from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one she had handy. Okay, cool. They built a row of castles along the coast facing the sea to protect their territory. I want a row of castles. I want a row of castles, for sure. (laughs) So we want cat dragons, we want swords crafted. Castle poaching. Yeah, we want to steal cattle, we want death parades, death statues. And a a fucking coast of castles. What's wrong? Like, do you ever say coast of castles? I'm emphasizing that we want a coast of castles. Well, yeah, because I want to castle, like, a couple of castles away from you when I need to get away from you, but then, like, I can still come visit. We have our own separate castles for all we're fighting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you know my family had a Scottish castle? I feel like we talked a about Scottish this Scottish castle? A Scottish castle. Oh. My grandma's, or my mom's side of the family is Scottish. Yeah, my... They're Scottish and bohemian. I'm like, hello. Interesting. Yeah, yeah my my family. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, we sold it to yeah yeah so did he yeah but it was irish yeah (laughs) the o'malley's fleet sailed around the coast of ireland scotland and northern spain i believe they traded with french the french too but yeah i'm sure they would trade wherever they could yeah yeah but these were the main places that they traded uh to trade fish plunder and engage in opportunistic piracy (laughs) that's the most amazing way to say they were pirates yeah the next time so when i take one of your itty bitties it's just it's opportunistic pirate if you I'm take one of my itty bitties opportunistic pirating. it's called opportunistic murder <laughs> i will let them eat your soft bits too oh oh why <laughs> why are we eating me because uh, i gotta get rid of the body somewhere <laughs> but it's convenient yeah, yeah. the bones uh, 
bone soup. I don't know. You could make soup out of that. I'm not turning into like a weird <laughs> cannibal. I'm not doing that. Oh, the O'Malley's also levied a tax on any and all shipping and trading within their waters. The clan's coat of arms bore the Latin motto, Terra Medic Potens. I am not. That sounds good to me. In any way, a Latin speaker, so there you go. <laughs> Sound it out phonetically. This translates to valiant by sea and land. Much pretty, valiant. Much valiant. Much wow. It's <laughs> a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool motto. Yeah. According to local folklore, Grania Nimoalia, as a young girl, wished to go on a trading expedition to Spain with her father. Who wouldn't? <laughs> right? <laughs> Upon being told she could not because her mother disapproved and the excuse that her long hair would catch in the ship's ropes, she cut off most of her hair and some sources say that she stowed away on her father's ship, waiting just long enough until it was too late to turn back to reveal herself, while others suggest he, he being Black Oak, basically get, took her aboard. He gave in and was like, fine, come on. I, I feel like the moment he saw her cut her hair. Okay, let me just say, what her hair would get caught in the ropes. It's what she's doing, like rubbing her head along the <laughs> yes. ropes. Like, it's oh. one of those bullshit, like, excuses. Yeah, I know. It's just, that's like the thing, bad luck so to have a woman on board. Annoying. I'm like, honey, come yeah. on. It's bad luck. I think her hair will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Her hair is fine. She cut it off. She's like, fine, she fuck has it. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So either way, Black Oak allowed her to either come with or stay on yeah, the ship. Yeah, because she was cool as fuck. Yeah, I'd be like, it's my child. <laughs> this is also where her nickname, Grania Nail, M-H-A-O-L, anglicized as Grania And I already know what it means. Was allegedly now. earned. I know. <laughs> I'm so mad because I was like, based on this tale that I just told you, can you hazard a guess as to what Grania Nail means? Grace. Yep. <laughs> oh, so that's where Grania comes from. There's an account of her saving her father's life amidst an attack at sea. This is one of those. I love this story. This is one of those. We don't know if it's fact or, no, it fact totally or fiction. <laughs> but basically, when their ship was boarded by enemies at sea, Grania hid up in the mast. But when her when she saw her father in peril, she quickly jumped from the rigging on to land on the back of the attack. Her father's attacker. Yeah, I'm just like, how far was that jump? I depend. Like I said, it depends on how high up you climb. I mean, I just picture her going, "Kaka!" <laughs> Doing like best a battle, battle cry, cry ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mally! <laughs> like little twelve-year-old Grace. That would be amazing. <laughs> like, where did you come from? What's happening? <laughs> Grania grew up on Clare Island, learning the geography of Clue Bay, which is right around here, which consisted of three hundred islands, a maze of inlets and channels that proved dangerous to ships unfamiliar with the topography of the land beneath the waves. This knowledge would give Grania the advantage later in life as she rejected the role of 16th century noblewoman and instead embraced life on the sea, taking every advantage the sea had to offer her. So basically opportunistic pirating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, I, I like the sound of that. I'm going to go do that. I don't want to sit here and make dresses. Yeah, boys are stupid. Yeah, boys are and I don't like knitting. I'd rather stab somebody. Yeah. Basically, at this time, she's like supposed to marry. Yeah. But... She's like, I'm not. Why would doing she? That. She can be a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go sail with dad over here. Great. I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> um, uh, little is known about the education of members of the Irish aristocracy, both male and female. Some sources suggest Irish noblewomen were well educated, and we can probably assume Grania was somewhat well educated since she spoke Latin in her meeting with, spoiler alert, the Queen of England later in life. That's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah, I'm 
I'm sure too there's some street smarts she's picking up along the way because as you're going into trade ports you're gonna pick up at least some of the language yeah and and she we could probably assume that she's probably spoke French and Spanish due to her father's travels and with her contigo (laughs) she did we've decided yes we have decided (laughs) she might have also been fostered by another family as was Irish tradition among the nobility at the time yeah, that's how they fostered alliances yeah. in addition to like marriages. Yeah. So you see that in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, well, like the actual fostering. Oh. Huh. Like Ned was fostered at the Eyrie and then like kind of in a way when he took Sansa and Arya with him up to King's Landing, it was they weren't fostered, but that's how they got to integrate with yeah. the Lannisters before everything went to shit. But it was mm-hmm. a thing. Alright. That's the Starks are kind of modeled after the Scottish and the Irish because they did that. She had a paternal half brother, Donal on Fiatha? Donal of the Pipes. Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) However, she would eventually inherit the family shipping and trading business, becoming chieftain of the O'Malley clan. So, do we know much of anything about the half brother? Was he like a bastard and she was of the He was a half brother? I don't I don't know. It just it was Black Oak had a fucking kid with someone else. I don't know was if it was before the marriage. Plundering or... someone he was plundering wife? someone's treasures. <laughs> For sure. Okay. But I don't really know if it was before or after. Anne Chambers kind of wonders if of the pipes is because the pipes was, I think, Irish or not Irish, Scottish alcohol. That's it's how they refer to it. It's not because he piped the half brother's mom. Jesus Christ, Rachel. <laughs> Cut that. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm assuming that he was probably drunk. And... Kids, go ask your parents what hygiene means. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. There's don't. no kids listening to this. <laughs> Depends on if we're talking true age or maturity. Oh, that's fair. Oof. <laughs> like most of our listeners are. Half our listeners are just like, God damn it. <laughs> All right. In 1546, when she was 15 or 16, Vanya married Donald O'Flaherty. Flat, flat, her teeth. Right? It's like, <laughs> you think, you're like real confident when you start it, and then it's just like, oh, shit, dude, it just dies. Oh, Flaherty. Flaherty. Is he important? Not really. Okay. So, as you can see by our maps, the O'Flaherty's Flaher- are south of the O'Malley okay. uh, territory. So, it kind of seems like if she's marrying an O'Flaherty, <laughs> um, she's kind of like, they're kind of gaining that that land by the yeah. 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 So, it was definitely a political marriage. It wasn't. Okay. Yeah. So he's heir presumptive to uh, another seafaring clan of the Flaherty's. What does heir presumptive mean for it, those who aren't me? It means that he was going to take over once. He's next in line. Yeah. Once the top dog died. <laughs> his dad? Uh, yeah. Probably. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be his dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily go from like, oh, like father so to could son be like his or daughter. Or yeah. Like, okay. they, like they can foster in someone Interesting. else. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of like the Romans. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So as I said earlier, this is a politically motivated match. The marriage lasted eight years, and Grania bore three children. Owen, another no E O G H A N. No, it was it was a W. <laughs> another Maeve slash Margaret, because no one can decide on what the name was. It's probably so Maeve. I want it to be Maeve because I love the name. We're Maeve. deciding it's Maeve. It's Maeve. So Owen, Maeve, and Murrow. 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 Is Murrow a feminine or masculine? Masculine. Okay. Yes. Uh, fun side note, <laughs> according to Gaelic law, the bride dowry 
although available for the husband to use throughout the marriage, must be returned intact to the bride upon divorce or widowship. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's unique. Women also retain control of any personal property brought to the marriage and could gain additional property to include money, land, troops, and ships independently of her, their husbands, which they too kept upon dissolution of marriage. Or I knew there was a reason I was proud I was Irish. Right. That's awesome. So this is one of those freedom sprinkles where it's like, you can't do this, but you can do that. Like yeah. you can have all your stuff when when your husband mysteriously yeah. falls off a ship yeah. yeah 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 and apparently it was very common like divorce was very common oh good between like for both male and female like that's the very wife and the husband because they're catholic yeah you would think yeah yeah interesting okay but yeah it was apparently very common <laughs> o'flaherty was rumored to be at an accomplished warrior, but somewhat incompetent when it came to the family business. So he was like Mark Antony. Basically. Oh, he, was, yeah. he was more focused on clan blood feuds than man maintaining the business. Well, yeah, they always say women are the emotional ones, but mm -hmm. who starts the wars? Yeah, the, the feuding is the entirely the males. The men. Yeah, and he was he was basically so focused on that, like, he doesn't have any role in the story other Good. than he died. Like, Get the fuck out. <laughs> So because of this ineptness, Grania took over the fleet and castle, garnering the respect and loyalty of the O'Flattery clansmen, who eventually followed Grania back to Clare Island when Donald was killed in 1564. That is awesome. Most likely as a result of a territorial skirmish with the Joyces for control of the castle. Legend has it that Grania exacted her revenge by leading or repelling, depending on what source you look at, a raid on the disputed Cox Castle in Low Corrib. Cox Castle. It gets better. <laughs> which was subsequently dubbed Hen's Castle, owing to her ferocity and courage during the attack. Hell yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So she basically was like, fuck you, you killed my husband. He was useless, but I still needed him. <laughs> well, I'm gonna take your castle. She doesn't need him now though, because his people are her people now, because yeah. she earned their respect. Basically, yeah, but that's, that also is, don't kill her husband. That's kind of what I love um, about Ireland and the spoiler alert for a future episode that we'll be working on soon. Um, women in Ireland, they often, they have that opportunity to earn the respect of oh, their yeah. people. Yeah. Boudicca, Boudicca, yes. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So Irish law at this point in time is fun because, as I said earlier, under the same laws that granted the return of her bride dowry in full and the retaining of any property gained during the marriage, Grania could not inherit a flattery land because misogyny still had to rear its ugly head. Ew. Mm -hmm. So our difficult damsel headed home to Clara Island, but she wasn't alone. As I said earlier, many of the clansmen became so loyal to her during her reign as chieftain, quote unquote chieftain, that they followed her after Donald's death. I believe she was 23 when he died. So, wow, wait, that means she married him at like 15 or 16. Ew. I said that earlier. Wait, oh, I missed that. <laughs> That's, so that's very interesting. She couldn't inherit the land, but she'd earn the respect of the people that they still traveled with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty great. That means the land should just be hers. I know. Honestly, it's it just it just keeps going. <laughs> and this is basically where Granuel, pirate queen of Cognac, begins in earnest with at least three galleys, a number of small, fast, maneuverable, oar and sail-driven boats, and a private army of at least 200 men she inherited from her father after he died. Okay. They don't really kind of, they don't go into like her father, when her father died and when she inherited him, like all of a sudden she had the three galleys, the small boats. So at the, the age men. of 23, roughly? Yeah. She's, she's a, a clan widow. Chieftain. Yeah. A clan chieftain. With three kids. 
and oh my god three kids <laughs> yeah jesus okay yes <laughs> it's pretty Lady, great you're a bit ambitious i know you, you need can to calm down but keep calm going down. but keep going <laughs> but keep going yeah <laughs> at this point she was now the queen of umma um I don't know. I, um, I was very brave and what I wanted this? to. Um, I think it's Umwalia. Umwalia. Um, because Umwale. So it's spelled U M H A I L L because the Irish have. Because to... the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt Queen is the actual title, but it sounds cool, so I probably just came up with um, Umwalia. Um, okay. um, um, I don't know. Um, sure. We're going with if that. You, if you're of Gaelic descent. Forgive us. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> Help. Yeah, we need phonetic pronunciation. Remember earlier when I mentioned opportunistic piracy? Mm -hmm. Great. How could I forget? <laughs> this form of plundering and piracy is actually common and part of the seafaring life for the clans along the coast of Ireland. Seafaring clans conducted short distance raids along their coasts or islands, taxing passing ships and plundering any unprotected vessels within their waters. I believe she later refers to her exploits as maintenance by land and sea. It's basically yeah, her I'm just saying collecting how a maintenance tax in my water. Yeah, it's basically saying like this is how I live. This is how I earn money. I would imagine if you are stupid enough to come into Grace O'Malley's, yeah, you deserve shores. to get plundered and pirated. <laughs> yeah, so she she referred to it as maintenance by land and sea, so as to avoid the term piracy anyone who is seafaring though this is the reality this is mm -hmm. what they do like it was yeah. the same with artemisia yeah yeah that's why they call it opportunistic because it's like <laughs> you are there you don't raid everyone but if i'm you, here hello if you dare to go into the waters unprotected you're gonna get raided and plundered and i'm sorry it's just the way of life so she's not necessarily at least at this point going out far distances Distance yeah, it's along her coast, and it's yeah, hence it's, opportunistic. Exactly. You happen to be in yeah. her waters. Yeah, so it. they only they only went <laughs> short in her waters. Rachel, <laughs> I can't deal with you today. <laughs> oh, you're on point today. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh man. As mentioned earlier, it's difficult to decipher fact from fiction when it comes to Granuel's exploits. The story of a shipwrecked lover is one of these much debated tales. The romance goes that in 1565. Granuel and her men moved in on a shipwreck in order to plunder whatever was left when she found a nearly drowned sailor among the wreckage. She and the sailor, Hugh de Lacey, quickly became lovers. However, the affair was relatively short-lived when he was killed by the MacMahons of Ballyboy. MacMahons. While hunting, presumably the victim of inter-tribal feuding. I kind of want to say that I want to I want to call bullshit on that because that just seems like a very romanticized thing to do. Maybe it's yeah. true, but I, yeah, I know. I'm like, ah, I want her to have a shipwreck lover. You like, know that what? On the other great. hand, I'm kind of like, you know what, Grace O'Malley? I kind of I kind of want it to be true because she it takes just, what she wants. It just sounds like a romance. It does novel. Yeah, plot. It does. <laughs> I picture Fabio like shipwrecked on the beach and Grace just happens to walk up to him. Hello. <laughs> she's like taller than him um, and he's looking up and she's of course like got generous bosoms. <laughs> I'm just picturing the cover of the book, you know? Oh yeah, and her, 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 her like sleeve is torn. Yeah, her jerkin is like hanging yeah. off her shoulder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I see it. Oh man. So any of those, like I used to read those romance novels, I just can't anymore. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I had a moment in life where I thought hey, we all know, have maybe. our moments. It's fine. I, I read fanfic. It's but no judgment. They were all on Kindle. Like I never bought 
a physical copy of those books because I'm just like I'm not lugging this I'm around. Disappointed, I would have looked for them. <laughs> I think there's like a couple up there. Okay, somewhere. I'm gonna have to go on it. She's talking about my my library, guys. Don't get dirty ideas. <laughs> She's gonna look for it later. Oh hey. <laughs> As she did with her former husband, our pirate queen sought vengeance for the murder of her shipwrecked lover and hunted down the men responsible for killing them. She wasn't done there. She attacked the McMahon Castle of Duna in Blacksod Bay on Cahir Island, taking it for herself. Her bloody attack on Duna Castle earned her the nickname Dark Lady of Duna. <gasps> right? <laughs> I just love the title of Dark Lady. Right. So whether, whether there was a shipwreck whether there was a shipwrecked sailor or not, she was the Dark Lady of Juno. She attacked Juno okay, Castle. Okay, I guess that might be yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> it's Fabio. So basically, <laughs> guys, I don't know if you've noticed, but don't fuck with Grania's no. fucking men. Like, yeah. she'll kill you and take your castle and have it renamed from Cox Castle to Hen's Castle. And then she'll in your bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she'll put a shit cat. Huh, her and Anya would get along. <laughs> Yeah, don't mess with her men. Okay? No, no, don't mess with her men at all. There's another legend of her attempt to visit Health Castle. This is one of those ones where we're not really sure, but like stuff still happens to this day that we're where we're like, okay, maybe. So upon the Earl's refusal of hospitality, a pissed off Granuel is said to have kidnapped his heir and demanded a ransom as ransom the promise that Health Castle always keep its gates open to unexpected visitors and an extra place setting at each meal within the castle. So that makes sense to me because the idea of guest right is sacred, mm -hmm. especially in this time period. So if you refuse her hospitality- She gonna be pissed. Yeah, well, it's, it's offensive, it's an offense. On top of that, you've refused her hospitality. So now she no longer has to adhere to guest rules. Yeah. So she's gonna take your son. Yeah, she's like, fuck you. I'm taking this little one right here. Come here, come here. <laughs> you want some candy? Come on to my ship. <laughs> To this day, his descendants still honor the tradition. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Let's go there. So historians would later attribute the tale to her second husband, Richard Bork. Hello, convenient place, conveniently placed segue. Mm. In 1566, Granuel married politically a second time, this time to Richard Bork. His uh, nickname is Iron Richard slash Iron Dick. I'm calling him Iron <laughs> Richard for obvious reasons. No, you got to call him Iron Dick. <laughs> no. She married Iron Richard of the McWilliam family. She married Iron Dick. Yeah, she married <laughs> Oh, no. I'm so, calling him Iron Dick from here that's on That's fine. Out. That's fine. That's fair. So, um, that wouldn't I don't, be very comfortable. No. So I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but um, the O'Malley's, um, I, I talked about the client, client ship when, where they weaker families mm -hmm. position themselves with stronger families. So basically... The O'Malley's were under the McWilliams. Okay. So just so you know that. That's so like she's marrying up now. She Basically, yeah, she's marrying up. Okay. But this marriage would be a provis provisional marriage under early Irish law. So there's a lot of debate on whether this, whether or not this is actually traditional Gaelic law. Uh, okay. But the marriage was to be for, and I quote, one year certain. And she would gain control of Rockfleet Castle even when the marriage ended. So if you look at your beautiful picture, okay, that is Rockfleet Rockfleet Castle. Is that what's left of it, or <laughs> uh, that's today? Yeah, okay. yeah. Was there more of it? Because right now have, it's literally just a tower. I have no idea. Okay, but I mean it's a castle because it's tall. <laughs> yeah, it's a tower <laughs> and made of stone. <laughs> yeah. 
but that is the that is it's the castle. Keep. This is yeah. the keep. Yeah, that's the castle she gained through the marriage okay. to Richard Ford. And it's by the water. I see. Slash <laughs> so the good thing about this is um, the waters through which it was accessible were so dangerously shallow, even in high tide, that it was impossible to attack from the sea. Yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's fun. It was a very good castle. She, she uh, married up just for the castle, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? Right? <laughs> Granuel, Granuel also gained control over the entirety of Clue Bay with this union as Richard's clan controlled its northern shores. And as you'll remember from earlier, the O'Malley's controlled the southern shores. So they so she have basically they have portion. all of that bay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she's like, hell yeah, I am in control of this entire bay and I have this castle for it. As the story goes, after the year was up, Richard came home to find himself barred from Rockfleet Castle, where Granuel called out a window, Richard Bork, I dismiss thee. Wow. <laughs> I want to get divorced just by saying I dismiss thee. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. next time I'm in a relationship, which who knows when that will be. You're never allowed to say this to me. Obviously. I can't say I dismiss thee. No. What if I, I said it like, I dismiss thee? And we're going upstairs. <laughs> Next time I break oh. up with somebody, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like it. I was going in the back, we're like, call it! <laughs> if somebody actually said that to what you, would you, what do? would you do? Like, You'd be like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> can I come back? Yeah, do, for like, how long? Is, yeah, like, what is this dismissal? <laughs> like, what is the time frame? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how they got divorced. Richard Bork, I dismissed thee. Okay. So English documents suggest that they remained married after this it they just probably didn't like yeah. bump uglies anymore yeah it's <laughs> unclear if they actually remain married or divorced and possibly remarried later okay. either way granuel and richard remain close allies and business partners for years to come and they continue to present themselves as man and wife until his death it what thank you yeah <laughs> i think i think that's one of those stories of legend that okay. just kind of yeah like we hung on to because it's fun story <laughs> yeah yeah it was probably they were just having a fight and she was like, I dismiss you. Yeah, so a lot of people think that she was dismissing him from Rockfleet Castle, basically saying, we are not living in, under the same roof anymore, but we're still going to be married. Gotcha. Yeah, because apparently they were both very passionate. People. I mean, they have plenty of castles. Yeah, they have an entire fucking the coastline. coastline. Yeah. But yeah, apparently they were both very passionate people. So it's assumed that maybe they had a fight. And, yeah. And she was just like, get the fuck out because we're not living together, which I... Personally, I'm all for. Yeah. Like, you live in a separate different castle. Yeah. Some people have separate bedrooms. Yeah. We have separate we castles. We have separate castles. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. <laughs> in 1567, this is a year after they married, Granuel gave birth to their only son, Tybalt, a.k.a. Tony of the Ships. I love the name Tybalt. I know. It's awesome. It's one of my favorites. Look at that, though. It's Tiboid, but it's pronounced Yeah, Tybold. I love it. It's one of my favorite, like... Um, names for a man. Yeah. So <laughs> she gave birth to him while at sea. Oh, okay, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. No, it gets better. Legend has it that within an hour of her giving birth, their ship was boarded by Algerian pirates and her men were losing the fight when Granuel stormed onto the deck wrapped in a blanket and wielding a musket. She rallied her crew and they successfully captured the pirate vessel. So the kid in the other arm? No, no, no. The kid's probably like... <laughs> swaddled up somewhere. I'm gonna picture her marching out, <laughs> like, the kid with its bloodbath all over it, and she's just like, 
I just gave birth to a child while right? at sea and I am not in the mood. Yeah. Get off my ship. Actually, you boarded my ship and now I'm gonna... Now I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Bury your bodies at sea. My note here says, mind you, Rachel and I have never pushed a baby out of our vaginas, <laughs> but I imagine anything that your brain purposely blacks out so that you will willingly go through the process again has got to take a lot out of you. And this woman, an hour after such a traumatic process, was like, kindly fuck off, I need a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you... How dare you board her ship when she's giving yeah. birth? I just love that, like, the men folk are like, shit, we lose it. And then, they, like, all of a sudden, Granny O's like, you fucking aren't. I, they, they, they stormed onto the wrong ship. Right? They're like, wait, Grace O'Malley is Apparent, on this ship? And they say, she's like. She's giving birth? Yeah. We made a mistake. Hold on, guys. Let's back up slowly. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. But apparently, like, the sight of just great well, yeah. Granny well in with her fucking musket and, like, the you baby know, fucked the because ba- I'm of, sorry. she just in, gave birth. In this story, the baby's in the other In arm. Rachel's story, the baby <laughs> is in one arm, the musket is in the other, and she is clad in a blanket. Yes. <laughs> With her hair all must because she just I'm surprised they weren't just like, she was naked. But <laughs> I, I'm sure one of the stories was like, this yeah. bitch was naked. <laughs> Oh, because you can't have a story yeah, with a woman. The, the idea and that have her she fully can even clean. walk at that point. I know. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on how bad the birth is. Some births are really easy. Some births you get destroyed. But anyway, we're not talking about <laughs> birth on this podcast, so please not. <laughs> please don't. But again, all of these stories are true. None of them are legends. <laughs> I love how you were like Rachel and I have never pushed a child. <laughs> In 1571, Richard became Tenaste, which is the elected successor, successor to the MacWilliam of Mayo, with Shane MacOliveris, or the elected MacWilliam. Okay. So basically, Shane's up top, our, our boy Iron Dick is right underneath him, <laughs> ready to claim the power. Iron Dick is waiting under Iron him. Dick is under him. He's preparing himself. You guys, this is clearly rated R. <laughs> By this time, Granuel's success as a rebel mariner had become legend, sailing further and with more success than any other O'Malley before her. The combined strength of the O'Malley's and the Borks presented a formidable resistance to the English and its Tudor tyranny. And its Tudor generosity. Fuck off. I can't do that. <laughs> so basically, they're like, they're. I didn't include like a bunch of like the small skirmishes she has with the. Yeah. I mean, she has instances where some of those ships are English ships. Well, yeah, and, so yeah. you're going to cross paths and yeah. board them. And her name is slowly gaining yeah. legendary status. Yeah, I'm sure the merchants of England are coming back to to Elizabeth and they're saying, we keep getting attacked by this woman yeah. giving birth with one child in one hand and a freaking musket in another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the thing, the thing with them is they're on the west side of Ireland. Yes. So they don't have the English are not as prominently yeah. focused because that's because they're not on the it. opposite side of it. the country. She's her castle isn't on the side of the English Channel, which, yeah, yeah, which is on the east. So yeah, yeah, they, it, she's still gonna have to. Yeah, I mean they have drive you know by. yeah drive by <laughs> plundering. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> she was probably more a hassle to the to the Scots, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Unless she was going to France, that's when she was. She was. I don't. From the sounds of it, she wasn't sailing that far out. Like, okay. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Though. But the English would still want to trade with the Spanish yeah. when they weren't at war. Yeah. Which Mind you, this is lot. all, all of this is from English documents and state papers, so we don't actually know how far out she went 
on normal business because the English don't give a shit about her normal business. They only care about the inconvenience of Grace O'Malley. Let's stay away from her shores. And yeah, sure get the fuck fine. out and everything will be fine. <laughs> There's an easy solution to this, Not guys. complicated. <laughs> in 1577, under the guise of offering her services to England to aid Lord Deputy Sir Henry Sidney, who's also the governor of Cognac, in implementing a new taxation system known as composition, after having met with little success, Granuel showed up en force with her, quote, three galleys and 200 fighting men, in an attempt to intimidate the governor and show him what kind of woman he was dealing with. So basically, she sh- she shows up under the guise of offering this guy help with his composition, but what she's really doing is being like, bitch, I got these three galleys and all these boats and all these men, like, calm the fuck down and don't fuck she's, with me. She's like the English. She's generously helping him by yeah. taking over. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so yeah, she shows up and Moss. She's like, look at me. I'm awesome. Don't fuck with me. I am everything everyone says I am. Um... And after this display, Sydney sailed with her to inspect the seaward defenses of Galway. The bold strategy paid off, Sydney noting her show of strength and coming to the conclusion that, and I quote, this was a notorious woman in all the coasts of Ireland. A notorious woman. Yeah. <laughs> she now had a truce with Sydney, basically. Well, yeah, because otherwise she was going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise she was going to be like, look, you're English and I don't like you. Bye-bye. Listen, you can work with me or you can die. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> But within weeks of obtaining the shaky truce with Lord Deputy Sidney, Granuel plunders Desmond, but is subsequently captured and held at Limerick Gaul, G-A-O-L, to be used as a bargaining chip. She basically, she raided Desmond's island, or Desmond's territory, but got captured. Oh no! Oh no! During her captivity, Lord Grey de Wilton succeeded Sidney, and the MacWilliam were forced to submit to the Tudor tyranny, and Richard's succession was now under threat. Mm. <laughs> Problematic. Yes. So in 1578, the Earl of Desmond, who is now holding Granuel captive, handed Grace over to the Lord of Justice to protect himself against the crown, and Granuel is thrown in the dungeons of Dublin Castle. Ooh. Yep. Richard rebels against the English because that's his sort of kind of wife, damn it. And <laughs> Granuel is released from prison to bring Richard to heel. Basically, Richard rebels and causes such a ruckus that the English is like, fine, you can have her. She was probably more trouble to them. Yeah. Anyway. They're probably like, please take her back. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, I can see her just being the most obstinate and obnoxious prisoner ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see her getting along with the guards and, like, bringing the guards onto her side. And, like, yes. suddenly you're, like, she's out of her cell, like, playing cards with them. And they're, like, what the f- Yeah. <laughs> Why does she have a beer? <laughs> or, I'm sorry, have an ale. <laughs> she's nicer when she has ale. <laughs> Isn't everybody? You are. I am. <laughs> you get I remember super the friendly. First, I remember the, I think I've only been drunk around you, like, once or twice. Twice. You get very yeah. friendly and um, it's. I, I don't know what to do. You were do. floored the first time. You're I, like, you're talking to everyone and I don't understand. I, like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, are you okay? Oh, She's man. so nice. She's so nice. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, you don't get drunk very often, though. Yeah, I mean, not around me. I don't. <laughs> so, if you guys hear um, some background purring, it's just is in Rachel's lap right now. I did some opportunistic pirating. Yeah, she did some opportunistic pirating, and I was friggin' pulled into it. Look at you. So now my child is on her lap. Oh. 
It's like, why are you squeaking? What's happening? So I, I think get, it's broken. I get very squeaky when there's cats around and very affectionate. Um, otherwise, fuck everybody. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I love you. All right, after that weird note, we're moving on. Let's talk to Finn. Oh, uh, I know. You can't leave me ever. Yeah, guys, she's forcibly. She's he is imprisoned in the castle of Rachel. Mm-hmm. In my loving arms, just like the loving embrace of England. Oh my god, I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit there. Elizabeth's loving embrace is there to protect you, Ireland. I don't think that's it. All right, we're carrying on with our story after that weird segue. <laughs> By 1580, after years of battle and negotiation, as the English ramped up their push to subjugate Cognac, Cognacked, excuse me, Richard Bork and Grace O'Malley submitted to the English surrender and regrant process, which is essentially submitting to English titles and taxes. Um, they submitted both their lands, so she submitted okay. everything she had, including Clare, everything on Clare Island, uh, like Belclare Castle, and Rockfleet Castle, <laughs> and he. Uh, surrender his stuff too. Gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Richard was granted knighthood and full title as the MacWilliam chieftain if he agreed to rule by English law, pay rent to the crown, and lodge and feed 200 soldiers for 42 days per annum. Annum? Annum. Sure. For annum. <laughs> this essentially made Grace Lady Bork by English law. So was Lady an English title? I don't know. That's what they said. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. In, so, the paper. in the paper. Okay. <laughs> so they are now lady, lord and lady. So they are now, they, they tried to withstand English invasion, but they yeah. are now yeah. subjugates. Yeah, okay. and this is after like a lot, like the yeah. Borks were the main rebellers in all of this for years. Yeah. yeah. So they finally were just like, okay, fine. Um, so now we have Lord and Lady Bork, and I will officially refer to her, I believe, from now on as Grace. Okay. Because she's now a lady. <laughs> because she's now, like, yeah, interacting directly with the English. Yeah. Okay. In 1583, Richard died of natural causes. So she <laughs> did, did not have a castle to raid, unless she raids the Darn kingdom it. of God. <laughs> she because, didn't poison him? No, no poison that we know of. <laughs> Hell, it could have been a, I dismiss thee, but she did it quietly. <laughs> I dismiss thee with this I dismiss thee, just drink this. <laughs> <laughs> because they were now Lord and Lady Bork, under English common law, Grace was granted only a third of all her husband's property following his death. So the Gaelic law of she gets to keep everything that was hers no longer applies. Oh, that is, uh-huh. mm, that must have been upsetting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grace ensured vehemently that her third of the Macaulay property was hers and given to her before she gathered her own loyal followers and departed for Rockfleet Castle with a thousand head of cows and mares. I believe these are the ones that she basically was like, these are mine ran away. I want these oh. cows because they are especially They are my third. <laughs> fertile and yeah. <laughs> I want this cow, fuck that cow. I want this cow. This horse looks nice. <laughs> At fifty three, Grace was independently wealthy with her own lands, castles, ships, and money. So she still had like fifty three years old yeah, or fifty three years old. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So she still has like her stuff, but like yeah. Anything that was like theirs together, she only got a third of it. Ugh. Yeah. So obnoxious. Yes. Yeah. Didn't they have a kid together? Yeah, Tybalt. Did he get anything? I don't know. They didn't really talk about it. Okay. As far as he wasn't, he wasn't um, Richard's Tymaste. 
he wasn't his successor. Oh, yeah. okay. So gotcha. that's a thing. So probably he didn't get much. She probably got what Grace got. Um, but yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm probably saying that really wrong, but I'm saying it with confidence. So it you know right. what? I believe it. I was convinced. <laughs> I didn't question it for a second. Oh man. And I wish I could say that after the death of Richard, she retired to Rockfleet Castle and lived happily ever after. But sadly, her troubles were only just beginning. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, sadly, but good for us. Yeah. there's more of a story. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're almost, we're like a third of the way done. In 1584, Sir John Perrault, or Parrot, I'm not Perrault. sure. Perrault, Green, I had it right the first time. <laughs> Sir John Perrault was appointed Lord Deputy, aka Governor. And the asshole of all assholes, Richard Bingham, was appointed provincial president of Conyucht. I've grown to loathe this guy about as much as you loathe Stephen of Blah. Like, (laughs) this guy's an asshole, (laughs) as you will come to find out. Even though Perot was ordered to undo the sense of alienation caused by the severe methods employed by his predecessors, Bingham famously stated, the Irish were never tamed with words, but with swords. Well, he's not wrong. (laughs) Uh, preferring co- confrontational methods over the mollifying route his boss was ordered to take. So he was not a man of diplomacy. No, 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 no. He was okay. attack first, diplome later. Diplome? Diplome. I made that a yes. verb. <laughs> huh. I love, I put a note here. Okay, first of all, fuck off because that's obviously not wrong, but maybe if you just left the Irish alone, you wouldn't have an ego problem. I feel like he and Grace are going to get along Yeah, just they're going to be best friends. They're going to skip around town holding hands. It's going to be great. <laughs> Both of them have a knife behind their back. It's fine. Isn't that how everybody skips? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, God. <laughs> now I'm doubting everything. <laughs> Bingham basically gets this weird hard-on to take Grace and her Gaelic empire down, focusing on her as a source of the turmoil and constant rebellions. He's the one who referred her, like I said earlier, the nurse to all rebellions for 40 yeah. years. Okay. Yeah, he's the one who said that. Because he's a little bitch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. In 1586, following a rebellion caused by Bingham's own machinations to give the MacWilliam lands and titles to Mac Oliver eldest son over the claim of Tenaste Edmund Bork. That's who was supposed to replace Richard. Okay. Bingham ordered his brother John to seize Grace's eldest son, Owen, to seize his lands, him and his lands, resulting in his death. Oh. Owen died. That's not yeah, a good thing. Not good. <laughs> when Grace later claimed that Owen offered hospitality and in return had been, quote, fast bound and cruelly murdered, having 12 deadly wounds, Bingham rebutted that Owen, quote, being prisoner, made his escape and in pursuit was slain. Mm. So basically this guy fucking lied through his teeth. Yeah. And just got I mad. mean, it, it might have been that Owen did escape, but he was still stabbed 12 yeah, times. Yeah, 12 times is aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. nowhere near 23, but... <laughs> I, I mean, it's like almost half. Yeah, it's almost there. <laughs> Grace's fight with England was suddenly made personal. She rallied the O'Malley's and the Borks, leading a series of revolts against Bingham in retaliation against his cruelty incensed by the murder of her son. Well, yeah, you don't just go around murdering yeah. people, especially if you've been, like, installed as a foreign governor. Yeah, and especially since you basically are the reason the Borks rose up against you You're because you tried to be a piece of shit. the son of the woman who is, like, the leader of the area, yeah. too. That's just 
stupid. But it's convenient that her son was killed because, yeah. again, he got this weird heart on to take her down. Like, yeah. so it just seems convenient that he, he just managed to capture stand the idea of a woman. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It was bruising his ego hard. I'm sure. He's yeah. already dealing with Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. So Bingham bribed and threatened clan leaders to choose a side, escalating the violence between the clans. Murrow, remember Murrow? No. Grace's youngest son with O'Flaherty. Okay. Where you were like, is it a boy or a girl? And we were like, is yes. it a boy? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Murrow aligned himself with Bingham. Oh. <laughs> this infuriated Grace so much that she went out of her way to attack his castle and burn his ships. Good. She's like, fuck you. You yeah. stupid little shit. <laughs> yeah. A grateful little gay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, younger sons have a tendency to gr- reach for power in whatever way they can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they aren't going to inherit everything. It's kind of yeah. like John with a little more back yeah. tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have too many sons. Yep. <laughs> That's the lesson here. That's the lesson. Air and a spare. Air and a spare. <laughs> Technically, Merle was the spare because the daughters don't really. I mean, get she much. had another son by Bert, too, though. Oh yeah, she had uh, to hold. She was probably like more obedient. I don't know. No, no, no. He, Great I man. believe he was a captain in her. In her, yeah. There you uh, go. Her she could trust him. Yeah, yeah. Which she clearly couldn't trust. <laughs> Bingham sent a fleet of ships to attack Grace and cornered her at Rockfleet Castle. He then lured her out of her stronghold with the promise of negotiating a peace. Where he then arrested her and condemned her to death as a traitor. This motherfucker was like, yeah, let's negotiate. Well, he clearly doesn't <laughs> have any respect for he has any no kind of honor. tradition. Yeah. Yeah. He has zero honor. <laughs> he's just a despicable human being. He is. He yeah. is. And then yeah. to top it off, he's literally just going after this one person. Yeah. Like, obviously there's other skirmishes he happening probably between wanted English to and Irish. Bang her probably. She wanted nothing. I want to bang her, but I'm not going to tap her to do it. (laughs) She's dead now. I know. That would be... (laughs) That would be weird. That would be weird. (laughs) In prison for months, Grace essentially goes over Bingham's head and pleads her case to the English politicians who strongly disagree with Bingham's cruel methods, using her political pragmatism and true negotiating skills to secure her release from prison. Grace fled to Ulster, which is Northern Ireland, where she remained in exile for three months. It's un... It's unclear um, why she fled so quickly um, because she was technically freed, but I'm sure she was just like, I, I need to get away from this guy. Because... This maniac. Yeah. Was, yeah. Got yeah. Hard on for me. And I believe she was stuck for that long because her ships got destroyed in a storm. So oh, she had to rebuild. Yeah. yeah. Over the course of the Bork rebellions and Bingham's open war on Grace and her Gaelic empire, Grace's influence, wealth, and lands began to fade. By 1589, Bingham accused Grace of treason, reporting back to Queen Elizabeth, and the final Bork Rebellion ignited when Bingham adopted a scorched earth tactic. Ooh, yeah, you don't Mm -hmm. do that. Bingham's fleet blocked Clue Bay, cutting the O'Malley's and Borks off by sea, plundering Grace's territory and destroying her fleet, leaving her propertyless with no means to rebuild after losing everything. In a a documentary I watched um, that featured Anne Chambers, and Chambers basically said that the conditions after this scorched earth tactic and after all of Bingham's bullshit, it was basically like um, famine-like conditions because oh, you can't sucks. grow yeah. anything. You can't. Yeah. Everything is burned and destroyed. And you've got this hard on for this one woman, but you are putting 
so many lives in peril now. Yeah. That have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically she's lost almost everything. And they're basically living on her ships. Please tell me there's a happy ending. Mm. <laughs> oh. In 1593, Grace appealed directly to the Queen of England to seek redress. So I believe, are you on it? Mm-hmm. That's her petition right there, which we'll post a picture of. Okay. Uh, citing, she cited the injustices perpetrated by Bingham, putting forth that her problem was not with England, but with Bingham, because he's an asshole. Yeah. I added that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally No, 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 there. look, it's right there. <laughs> it's highlighted. <laughs> her quote-unquote crimes were in self-defense. Bingham arrested Tybalt as basically like a fuck you. He was Tybalt, who is now captain of her, within yeah. her own fleet. And Grace's half-brother, Donald, was also kid- or kidnapped. So I he's just targeting her entire family. Yeah, so he's basically arresting her son, Tybalt, through Richard, and her half-brother, Donald. I don't know why Donald's involved, because there's literally no mention of Donald until this point. Okay. Um, I we can probably know... just assume he was kind of like um, Matilda's half-brother, like, always sided with her. Yeah. And he was probably just, like... A high captain. I'm yeah. I'm wondering if maybe he was involved in her fleet too. But there really isn't any mention of him. So he just shows up. (laughs) I am arrested. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I need help too, and she's just like, God damn it, damn it, Donald. (laughs) And they're both charged with treason, which is a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Yep. The queen granted safe passage to England for Grace to personally plead her case before the Queen of England, and in the spring of 1595, our pirate queen made the dangerous journey to London. She's in her early 60s. Yeah. She went to London Yeah, in her early 60s. I think Elizabeth's probably that age, too. I think, so they don't know if they're the same age or, like, a couple years difference, yeah. but they're around the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Grace remains at the Queen's court from June to September, knowing full well she would have to play by Queen Elizabeth's rules. Basically, she's in enemy territory. Yeah. And she needs, she basically pleads to the Queen, like, I need protection while I'm here because your people are staring at me with fucking rabbit eyes. Your own people. Yeah. <laughs> and Elizabeth's like, I need per- protection so, from them too. So <laughs> the people were pretty excited because, I mean, her legend has reached the yeah. shores of England and people know that this is the, the Irish pirate queen that yeah. has consistently been like yeah, she would have England. caused quite a stir yeah so it was, sure. it was there was excitement but there was also that you know underlying hatred which is yeah. how dare you get mad that we're trying to take your shit yeah <laughs> so she gives detailed accounts of the misery and strife brought upon her and her family by the queen's man Bingham in Lord Burley's eight articles of interrogatory this is a really weird Interrogatory. Interrogatories? Yeah. Okay. That. So Rachel has a picture that she's looking at that's basically this side is the questions and this side is her responses to four of those questions. Jeez. Just okay. four. <laughs> yeah. It's so aggressive. was this, did she answer this in writing or was she like in a court setting? This is, she was in a court setting. This is the secretary. It. Gotcha. Yeah. Secretary Sir Walter Burley. Burley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's conveying them and someone's recording them for her. Gotcha. Yeah. She conveyed circumstances compelled her to seek a living from the sea. And I quote, Discord and dissension where every chieftain took arms by strong hand to make head heed against his neighbors, which in like manner constrained your highness fond subject to take arms and by force to maintain herself and her people. Right. So basically like 
these motherfuckers were fighting constantly and if i didn't get into this like there was no way i was going to remain chieftain yeah so her circumstances yeah are what made her who she was yeah exactly Bingham had already gone on trial for his bullshit previously after Grace was released from imprisonment in Dublin, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he was acquitted, of course, because that's just great. Politics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Grace would ensure these tr- these charges against him of murder and abuse of office were heard loud and clear. Yes. She was done. She yeah. was like, fuck you. I'm going over your head again because you clearly are not to be reasoned with. When Grace was finally granted an audience with the queen, it was a thing of court gossip. From the accounts of the court secretary, Grace refused to bow before the queen, as she did not recognize her as the, quote, queen of Ireland. Yeah. Which is understandable. That Basically, is- everyone gasped and, and gawked, and Elizabeth's like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is rumored that Grace had a dagger concealed, which guards removed upon searching her person. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. O'Malley told the queen she carried the weapon for her own safety, to which the queen seemed untroubled by. Everyone in the in the court is like clucking and freaking out, and Grace or Queen Elizabeth is like, "Yeah, I, I understand that." Somebody she pulled a gun on Elizabeth and shot at her. Jesus. Yeah, she's used to people trying yeah. to poison her. She's like, "Oh, fine." People tried to poison her makeup. Oh my god. Yeah, she's she's like, "Don't wear makeup." That's the moral of that story. <laughs> they tried to poison her clothes too. Yeah, the yeah. That's we'll yeah. get into that. We'll but get she, into I'm sure she was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a story, and this is probably my favorite, of Grace having sneezed and been offered an expensive lace-edged handkerchief, handkerchief, from a noblewoman, into which she blew her nose and threw into a nearby fire, much to the shock of the court. Oh no, the scandal! Yeah, people were literally like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and Grace is like. Um, a used handkerchief was considered dirty and destroyed immediately in Ireland. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Let me blow my nose and then shove it back into my pocket. That's how the plague is spread. Yeah, yeah, guys. (laughs) This is how we get sick and die. Also, don't drink the water. (laughs) Because I'm dysentery. Dysentery. (laughs) Their discussion between the queen and Grace was carried out in Latin because the queen did not speak Gaelic and Grace did not speak English. Okay, so they both spoke Latin. So Interesting. Latin. In Warrior Women, that's the documentary that I that I sent to you. It's got Lucy Lawless as the oh, yeah. the narrator. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I just saw I Lucy Law- Lawless, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" All right. So in Warrior Women, the meeting was described as two formidable women chatting about their parallel lives and their struggle to overcome the jealousies of powerful and petty men. Yeah, from what I know of Queen El- Queen Elizabeth, like even even when it comes to Mary Queen of Scots, it's not like she hated her. It was just circumstances and people around them pitting them against yeah. one another. But Elizabeth would have appreciated a strong woman. Yeah. And it sounds like she did. She would have understood her plight because she lived it. Yeah. 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 Queen Elizabeth was known as the commander of armies and the emperor of the sea, even though she'd never set foot on a battlefield nor sailed further down the Thames than Greenwich. Yeah. She must have been enthralled and curious about the woman before her, her who'd actually accomplished all of this and more. Yeah. I'm sure she was just like, <laughs> like you tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it be, like, basically from what it sounds and then the picture, as you can see, yeah. <laughs> it's basically just a fireside chat and there happens to be noblemen around, like noble men and women around. I'm sure Elizabeth was like, 
this is a formality mostly i want to hear your stories yeah of opportunistic pirating tell me all the opportunistic piracies yes. <laughs> grace and her family were eventually pardoned of all charges of treason and rebellion her lands recognized by royal decree so long as grace pulled her support from the irish rebellions so basically you can have everything back but you need to stop you need to stop instigating yeah yeah <laughs> well not even you need to stop instigating you need to completely pull away from yeah all of it. like i need you to stop yeah. participating because you're too good yeah you're, yeah. you're, you're making me look bad you're, you're getting in the way of my plan <laughs> you're making these dumbass men that i employ look really freaking she, bad <laughs> i'm very i'm sure elizabeth was like listen i sympathize with your plight but the reality is um i'm in ireland i'm yeah. queen of this ireland is happening. i will give you everything back but you need to stop mm -hmm. what you're doing mm -hmm. basically this is my favorite queen elizabeth wrote a scathing letter to Bingham ordering him to release Tybalt and Donald. Calm the hell down, back off Grace, and quote, protect them to live in peace and enjoy their livelihoods. Good. Fuck yeah. In 1594, Bingham is recalled back to London to account for the charges against him. Does he get beheaded? Damn. Spoiler alert. <sighs> Sad story? No. It's not done yet. We're not done. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the queen did not return the land and wealth destroyed by Bingham oh, as agreed great. upon their deal. Boo. <laughs> Stupid Elizabeth. Oh, no. In 1594, which also marked the beginning of the Nine Years' War, Bingham returns to Ireland, having learned nothing. He continued to plague Grace by stationing troops on her land, which she would be required to feed. Still rebuilding from Bingham's bullshit, Grace petitioned the queen again to be allowed to live secure of my life. That's a quote. And she spells live L-Y-V-E, which cool. is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Her claims were investigated and Bingham, fearing new charges against him, fled to England and was imprisoned. Good. Finally. <laughs> Jeez. Learn your lesson, Bingham. She's better than you in every way. <laughs> now you understand why I hate this guy. Yeah, this he's guy trash. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the Nine Years' War, Grace encouraged and supported her son Tybalt to fight for the English against the allied Irish lords. Although some suggest that because Elizabeth broke her part of the deal, Grace returned to side with the Irish Well, rebels. yeah, she completely yeah. reneged on the deal. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, in 1601, the Battle of Kinsale, Kinsale? Kinsale? marked like the, the collapse. <laughs> yeah, I know. Marked the collapse of the Gaelic order and the ruination of Ireland's ruling elite. So basically the Nine Years' War was like Ireland's last attempt to to break free push, of yeah, and push back and break free of England and it failed. Has it is that the final battle and it's just never recovered? Yeah, it just it, so this one, so the war goes from I believe fifteen Uh, but yeah, basically that's the the breaking point where everything just kind of starts collapsing. There's a few Ugh. more battles, but basically that's that's it. And I think it was like Christmas Eve when oh. it happened. Well, it's always Christmas. Yeah, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get into the Nine Years' War, but really, Grace had no part in it. Yeah. So I didn't want to get yeah Too bogged deep. down and yeah, yeah go down that Irish hole, which Irish hole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Dinner in a movie first. Yes. That rabbit hole. <laughs> oh goodness. Grania Nimoilie, Granuel, Grace O'Malley, most likely died around 1603 at Rockfleet Ca Castle of Natural Causes. Coincidentally, the same year as Queen Elizabeth I died. Nice. Yeah. 
So like I said earlier, they, they aren't sure if they died at the same age or if they were like a few years apart. She, Grace, was recorded as still actively leading her men as late as 1597 at the age of 67. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Go to sleep, Oh my man. God, woman, take a nap. <laughs> take a vacation. <laughs> Take a break. Take a break. <laughs> Let's go uptown to the city. Yeah, Let's go upstate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Singing some Hamilton. It's awesome. I love when you break out in a song. <laughs> I have to do it once at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grace O'Malley was a strong, independent woman determined to ensure that she and her family retained their rights. She had led her life as her family crest motto suggested, valiant by sea and land. She led her men from the front and fought alongside them fighting for and protecting the independence of her lands from the encroaching Tudor tyranny. She became a symbol of Irish independence and freedom. Teresa D. Marie states it eloquently in her article from the History Ireland magazine. Her enemies were those who sought to impoverish her or her children. She used every method at her disposal and had no compunction about bending the truth as her enemies had none about bending the law. She exploited the ignorance of English officials and took what she could when she could. Hell yeah. I couldn't say that any better. I had to Yeah, no, that. that's perfect. <laughs> Grace's mystical status in Irish folklore has inspired verse, music, romantic novels, documentaries, theater, and even a brand of whiskey. Mm. As you will see, pictured oh, right cool. here. <laughs> Grace O'Malley whiskey. Yeah. Did you know that there is an Irish whiskey museum that I need to be at right now? No, I did not. Yes. <laughs> is this whiskey available in the United States? I don't know. I'll have to look it up we for you. We will have to figure that out. I don't, I don't drink whiskey, but Kat does. I'm sure it's a very expensive whiskey. I would hope it's very expensive. <laughs> oh, Stop going back. I want to go back because Fine. Westport House in County Mayo, Ireland, houses a statue of Grace O'Malley. A bronze casting of the statue is situated on the grounds and contains a comprehensive exhibition of the life and exploits of the Irish pirate queen of Cognac, compiled by author Ann Chambers. So basically everything that Ann Chambers did is housed in Westport oh, cool. House. Yes. And I believe Westport House is owned or was owned by her ancestors. Or not her ancestors. Her descendants. Jesus. Mary oh. and Joseph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I like to think that Grace's last fuck you to the misogynistic historians that ignored her completely is being remembered as a hero and the personification of Ireland. Yeah. Beautiful. That's, that's totally not who I thought Grace was. No, yeah. no. I just, I hate that I hadn't even heard of her. And yeah. she's basically like she's my like, history, my culture. Like, Yeah, she's like another resistance fighter, yeah. kind of. Like she was a pirate too, but she was also a resistance fighter yeah. against England. Had and, no idea. And I like that, you know, she's literally just fighting for herself and her family and her lands. And she's vilified for it. As they all do. <laughs> yeah, like that's all they're doing is fighting yeah. for their way of life. And you make them out to be villains, not you, Grace. <laughs> so yeah. I just I just want to point out some fun stuff. Um, so she's celebrated in words and songs of Irish folklore, uh, but some of the songs. So I I made a playlist. On, oh, nice on YouTube because I was just like looking up fun stuff. Um, I think one of my favorite songs is from the Canadian folk band the Dreadnoughts. Hell yeah! They released a song entitled Grace O'Malley on their 2009 Victory Square album. I've been listening to that one nonstop. Uh, the Irish musician Gavin Dune, uh, I guess he goes by Miracle of Sound, released a song entitled Grania Mail, Queen of Pirates, on his 2015 album Metal Up. Okay. It's fun. 
<laughs> a lot of Irish music is fun. Um, there's a Broadway musical, The Pirate Queen, depicting a man's life, debuted at the Hilton Theater in 2007 with Stephanie J. Block portraying O'Malley. Uh, there's a couple of documentaries. I believe there's a short movie. Oh, yeah, there's a short movie, Grace O'Malley, A Prelude to a War, that was released in 2013. Um, some literature, James Joyce used The Legend of Grace O'Malley and The Earl of Health in chapter one of his 1939 novel, Finnegan's Wake. Okay. Uh, Morgan Llewellyn, that's such a Llewellyn. Llewellyn wrote a 1986 historical fiction called Grania. She King of the Irish Seas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like it. So there's there's lots of stuff where you know you she's should, portrayed. You should turn your um YouTube playlist into a Spotify playlist, and then we can release it with. The... You're gonna have to show me how to do that. You know how to do a Spotify mm, playlist? I don't have Spotify. Oh, well, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Just, I'll, yeah, send me the YouTube playlist, and I'll create one. All right. So some of my sources for this episode, of course, not to Wikipedia. Donate to them if you can, people. They give us all the info <laughs> so that we don't have to go out and search for it. Uh, ancientorigins.net that's where I first saw the article uh, that introduced me to the awesomeness that is Grace O'Malley uh, graceomalley.com uh, that's I believe the one done by Ann Chambers okay. I basically use that she has a very great timeline that kind of breaks everything down that I could follow easily okay so appreciate the shit out of that <laughs> and then historyireland.com and then of course Mayo Ireland which is the County Mayo's okay. official website. And then a couple cod couple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> a couple podcasts under the crossbones, episode 137, and Chambers is actually on there. And she talks about Grace oh, O'Malley, cool. so it's kind of fun. It's a very laid back conversation, but she is so very Irish and so very adorable, and I love her. Nice. And then Remember That Time, a historical podcast, episode 62, which is titled Grace O'Malley. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at you. I'm so proud of all the research. I you know, did. right? Exactly. Remember that time is actually uh, really fun. It's I think it's two sisters who okay. just talk about just fun like things remember in that history. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. So awesome. So yeah, that's my episode. You did so good. Ah! <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of it. I episode. learned so much today, um, <laughs> and I really appreciate it too because I I learned a lot about like Irish history, which yeah. I don't know that much about, yeah. which is kind of I kind of want to go into everything. <laughs> yeah, I went down a crazy rabbit hole, so I have a lot of books on um, Irish tales and folklore. So I pulled them out. I was really trying to find a story about Granuel, and I just I couldn't in any yeah. none of the ones that I have, but. You might like this book because it's Celtic inspirations. Ooh. It like it like goes into um, the basically the listeners can't see this. But yeah, the listeners can't see it, but it's awesome. Oh, it just, shapeshifting! Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely went down a rabbit hole, and I definitely want to learn more about Irish women. So, if you guys have suggestions on any Irish women, obviously Rachel has. I already have given the spoiler alert Bodica. that we are doing Bodica. We'll be in a couple of episodes from now. I'm doing a themed series, which this is this actually fits into it. Yes, because my my idea is to do um, persistent spiders against oh, yeah. like tyranny. huge empires. Tyranny. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I I want to do in another relaxed episode. I want to do um, the story of Queen Maeve. Okay, because it's really fun. I don't know anything about it. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's amazing! I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Rachel, you're not allowed to steal my cat. It's opportunistic piracy. No, it's stealing. <laughs> no, it's, it's opportunistic. He's right here. He happened to go and come back. Rachel, put the cat down.
put the cat down, not in your bag. <laughs> of course he's partying. He's precious. He's looking at me like, Mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just want... I just want you to know that I have been recording that whole thing. Have you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you bet your ass I started recording. Oh, I wanted evidence that you're trying to steal my cat. It's opportunistic. No, it's theft. Nine one one. I have an emergency. <laughs> what do you want? What would you like to report? My dead body. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness. All right. So. Now that we have talked about the awesomeness that is Grace O'Malley and how Grania Nimualia, I'm going to be practicing some opportunistic piracy yes. tonight. I'm going to regret telling you anything about opportunistic piracy, I feel like. <laughs> um, we decided that we were going to kind of, because this is an Irish woman, we were kind of going to talk about our, <laughs> as my cat frozen to the microphone, we were going to talk about our family names. Yes. And then, um, our okay. family mottos and our family crest is appropriate. Yeah, I yeah. figured it was perfect for Because we're both of Irish descent. We are, and proudly of yes. Irish descent. <laughs> so, before we start, I just want to show you this. Because my grandfather was super into our history. So that is a picture. Oh, nice. In our house in Havasu that is our official family crest. We, I think we have one at my house, too. And then, kind of like a oh, history nice. of, like, signed, sealed, official history of oh, yeah. the name Leahy. And the Leahy's. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty cool. My dad, he's so adorable. I was asking him about the, to confirm the motto, and he sent me pictures of both. I'm like, you, you know me so nice. well. <laughs> All right, so do you want to go first? Or you, want to go first? you have yours up. I'm actually going to start with this is kind of a fun little little fact. Um, surnames developed a wide number of variants over the centuries. Many different spelling variations of the same name can be traced back to a single original root. Also, when a bearer of a name emigrated from Ireland, it was not uncommon that their original name would be incorrectly transcribed in the record books upon arrival at their new location. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, like all those variations yeah. of grace, it's probably just laziness and not giving a shit that I mean, it's the right same with wrong. my family name. It had a couple of different... Oh, yeah. Names. We have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, some names have dozens of spelling variations. Some surnames were also altered over the years based on how they sounded phonetically by their sound and depending on the prevailing po political conditions, it may have been advantageous to, to change a name from one language to another. This is, was especially so in Ireland where most Gaelic names were anglicized at some stage. Okay, I just thought that, that was a little, yeah. a little fun tidbit, tidbit about surnames before we started on our who did we say we were going to? You. Me? Great. Okay, so my last name is Leahy, obviously. And obviously, I don't think we've ever said your last name. No, we've never said For reasons, said, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the Leahy motto. Um, in Latin, it is Taut Vient de Due, which translates as All Comes from God. Oh, that's appropriate for you. <laughs> right? It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That under, that explains why uh, my obsession with all the gods, not just the gods. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The motto was originally a war cry or slogan. Uh, mottos first began to be shown with arms in the 14th and 15th centuries and were not in general used until the 17th century. Thus, the oldest coats of arms generally do not include a motto. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I was like, what the hell? So, my dad sent me this picture. And it doesn't have 
the motto on the actual coat of arms. Yeah. But it does have it on the actual like family history page. Okay. Which is interesting. So yeah, that's my family motto. All comes from God. Um, oh my God. So our the name comes from the original variation was O Logda. Oh. Logda. Oh. Oh. Okay. O apostrophe L A O C H D A. It means hero. Okay. Hero from God. Yeah. Boom. I'm like fucking Michael, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Wait, describe the heraldry. The heraldry? Okay. Just pull up the picture. Describe it. There it is. Okay. So the meaning of symbols and colors on the Leahy coat of arms. So the red, uh, the martyr's color, signifies military fortitude so and hold magnanimity. On. They, can't, they can't see it. So pull up your actual herald. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. Well, if you want, we can include pictures. Well, I'm, I'll explain it, and then and then we'll include pictures. So, <laughs> no, go back to the heraldry. Okay. So she, the Leahy heraldry, okay. is a golden lion yes. on a red field. So the shield is red. Mm-hmm. And then what are these called? Uh, spears? Clubs? Sure. They got, like, fleur-de-lis at the end, and they look like... Okay. Maybe sort of... Maybe it's, like... Like scepters, it almost yeah, it almost looks like two scepters crossed, and that's above the lion. And the thing I noticed is that the colors are all red and gold, so you Mm -hmm. have Lannister colors. Hell yeah, (laughs) dude! So the meaning of the colors, so the martyr's color red signifies military fortitude and magnanimity. Magnanimity. That's a hard word. It's it's too many. The yellow or gold (laughs) represents generosity. Arrows. They're arrows. Okay. Sure. Those are weird ass arrows. Arrows with fleur de lis. Yeah. Arrows. <laughs> I, that, I'm never shooting another arrow, but that obviously. Um, that often symbolizes military readiness, and then the lion is the emblem of deathless courage. Can you do me a favor and go on the internet on there and look up the mayor heraldry? Yes. I'm gonna. So that's my last name. It's. <laughs> I pronounce it awesome mayor. Segue. <laughs> but um. The, the Irish pronunciation before it was kind of Americanized was Maher. So I've had several people ask me how to pronounce my name. And I'm like, it's either Mare or Maher. And they're like, what do you mean either? And I'm like, well, I say Mare, but I still identify as Maher. So if you called me Maher, Rachel Maher, I would answer to it. So I, I say Mare, but Maher also feels right to me because that was the original. I've always... In my head, I've, I don't think I've ever actually said your name, last name out loud, but I've always done it Maher. Because you're Irish. Yeah. Yeah. So, the original spelling of the name in Ireland was M-E-A-G-H-E-R. And um, that basically derived from the word that meant hospitable. Oh, okay. The so, m- you welcome everyone. Yes. That's a lot. I'm just kidding. So, this That's is kind of true. For me, but this is where it gets interesting. So the motto on our family crest is, again, the Latin, I believe it's Latin, is in periculus adox. Uh, I'm not Latin. But it translates to bold and danger. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm hospitable, but bold and, la- but bold and danger. <laughs> so. Uh, so the ancient origin of the name Maher, meaning kindly. Yes hospitable so the heraldry is two golden lions 
balanced upon two crescent moons. Like, oh, look, I got a crescent moon tattooed on Oh, me. that's cool! Yeah. What the fuck? That's so cool! <laughs> yeah. Um, so more meaning to that now. And they are, um, they have a sword in the center on a field of blue. So yes. the shield's a little bit blue. And then kind of... Oh, your colors. The interesting background is the family comes from the county of Tipperary, and their territory was found at the foot of the Devil's Bit Mountain. What you call me? <laughs> And they were one of ten Irish sets that held their ground against the Norman invaders when they invaded Ireland, and they actually retained their lands. Yes! Yeah! That's pretty rad. And um, they used to have a castle, too. Like, my dad has a book on the Mayer family. Oh, I love that. I love I love that families keep their history, or yeah. try to, anyway. But, like, your family, uh, they sold the castle to the Irish government. Yeah. I think I come from Tipperary, too. Tipperary and Cork. You are, yeah, you're like a little... I think a little south. Yes. Yeah. So okay. our clans probably intermarried. They probably fought. <laughs> and then they probably fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fought they after marriage. They stole each other's cows. Give me my cow back. You you tried to steal my cow in the form of my cat. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're we're holding to tradition. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> so the colors on her... Why is... It says white. There's no white on The her. white is the crescent. Oh, the moons. moons. Okay, excuse me. Yeah. All right, so the white or silver denotes peace and sincerity. The blue represents loyalty and truth. This is solid. The yellow or gold, like mine, represents generosity. The crescent moon signifies one who has been enlightened and honored by his sovereign. Great. You also... Why does this say you have a lion? You have a lion. Okay. I have two lions. You have two lions! I have one! This is unfair. Again, the emblem of deathless courage, and then the sword symbol sword symbolizes government and justice. That's pretty rad. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So wait, where are you on the picture girl? The map. Yeah. So go go back to the I'm I'm on what are you looking for? This one. Oh. So I I'm right here. Old Meager. Oh, yeah, you're right there. And, and I'm, like, in here. Yeah. Like, right down there. Hey, so we were in the same area. Yeah. We so were. we often get confused. I forget which other name, but the anglicized versions of two names sound similar. Mm-hmm. I think it's O'Leary or O'Lock or something O'Leary, like that. O'Leary, that sounds about right. Yeah, so they are actually up here where we just talked about where in Grace the was. Burks, O'Malley, and O'Flaherty area. Okay. Yeah. So, huh. But that's not my I was really excited. We don't but care I, about that. But then I read that we don't want their cows. I don't want their cows. <laughs> Can I have their castles? Yeah. <laughs> Is that fine? Let's go fight them. Perfect. Okay. Travel all it. across Ireland. I'm down. I'm being attacked by a fly. Why is there a fly in my house? <laughs> anyway. All right. So that is Grace O'Malley, everyone, and the first reverse, what do we call it? Reverse, reverse damsel, damsel in of you know like five in our future. <laughs> You did so good. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. Thanks. I, I learned a lot. About, and that's what I love yeah. in life. Is just Honestly, learning. I when I started this, I was like, yeah, Pirate Queen. Great. It's not going to be that fucking involved. Oh, no. That was very involved. And then, like, <laughs> it was fine. Like, all the stories basically start out the same, but, like, they change. And I'm like, which one's real? And I'm like, well, three of these had this story oh, and two of the these had this story. So <laughs> I'm going to do this story. It's all true. Yeah. Everything's real. 
Philadelphia. You have been listening to Difficult Damsels. Yay! As always, you can help our podcast out and get the word by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whatever podcast service you listen to. Yes. You can also find us at difficult.damsels at gmail.com. Do you not want to talk about social media? <laughs> I, I never, I'm sorry, I don't oh, remember the funny. names. I don't even say the names. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, you do. We're on Facebook at Difficult Damsels, the podcast. And then we are also on Instagram. I'm pretty sure it's the same handle, to be honest. Yeah, difficult. Yeah. yeah. Did you like yeah, how I posted about Cleopatra yesterday? I did. I saw it. I like was on Instagram and I'm like looking through and I'm just like, shit. <laughs> I forgot that. As long as it gets out there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's only, what, two days late? So you're It's whatever. You're welcome. I'm just making sure that anyone who didn't know about it on Wednesday knows about it on Friday. Precisely. I'm a great social media <laughs> Oh, well, thank um, you for listening, guys. It's been a fun episode. Yeah. And as always, stay difficult. Stay difficult. Like our girl, Grace O'Malley. I was waiting for you to pause, but yeah, I have to pause. Yeah, give that middle finger to the English. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck the Tudor tyranny. <laughs> Bye, guys. Carry on. <laughs> My wayward son.